0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Living in the Moment. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Edward Lehman as our special guest to talk about brand experience and the importance of true customer service. Edward Lehman is the chief brand officer with our brand partner, California Closets, and to say he has a diverse background is certainly an understatement. Over years of passion and believing in what he does, Edward has become an expert in the world of building a brand, marketing, and customer service. Today, we talk about what it means to really deliver a customer experience, how you can turn a basic transaction into an experience with a brand, and how a customer's first contact is truly the biggest impact you can have on a customer's experience. I'm so excited for you to hear this discussion. I definitely did not want it to end. If you take nothing else away from this conversation, be sure to always be open-minded to possibilities and always come prepared to deliver your best. Now together, let's start living in the moment. How have you been? How are you doing?
1: I'm great. I'm great. We're really busy at California closets. Uh, Uh, doing some really exciting work, building for our future. Uh, Business is really strong, uh, loads of challenges. Um, But I'm really proud of the team I lead. Um, And they make it easy, you know, when you have a team like I have. And so it's it's a very exciting time. I, I feel very energized.
0: Good, I'm glad. So I want to say a huge thank you for uh, lending your time to me today, and thank you for for joining us. So our TLS podcast launched about six weeks ago, um, and it's the filter of it is really and the lens of it is really customer service centric um, and brand centric. So very much around living TLS and what TLS does with its caribou culture and everything. And then also around um, delighting customers and engaging with customers and delivering that exceptional brand experience. Mm -hmm. So why um, I'm really excited to pick your brain today is because we've been doing this series called path to caribou culture and our next installment um, coming up after we air this episode is going to be around our shift to be a brand experience center um, and, and developing that language within the brand of Moment Maker and um, our service pledge and our, and our mission and vision and everything like that. So, I really wanted to dive into that the strategy and the mindset behind just that concept of really strategizing and creating that brand experience and aligning the brand to deliver its promise. So I just want to start off really with initially getting to know you a bit of um, just yourself and your background and career, if you could tell us a bit about that. It's a long uh, story, I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, in my case, yeah, many years. Um, I uh, I, I, I'm, I came from England, right? I'm English. Uh, I come from a family uh, that was in the uh, fashion apparel business. My father was a manufacturer. My mother was a retailer, um, so I was literally raised on factory floors and and shop floors, um, and that experience uh, imbued in me um, an understanding and love for the customer, and. Um, after sort of university and deciding I didn't want to be a professor of American history and a sort of short, disastrous career in banking, central banking, uh, which was sort of what I, you know, what you think you have to do with the sort of degrees I had, um, I went into retail, uh, much to the disappointment of my parents, uh, at a very, very high level. Uh in, in 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 London and at a very special specialty retail and um, th- that particular company then went into whole the whole its wholesale wholesaling and designing a its own collection for sale worldwide and I, I developed that with a, a guy who went on to become a very famous designer called Paul Smith and. Then I left uh, to do my own business, uh, which I, uh, which was you know the product was sold globally, but I was undercapitalized and I closed it before it it closed me. and I and I was lucky enough to win a scholarship to go to Japan. And I went to Japan to learn Japanese and Japanese business. It was supposed to be a year and a half, but I stayed for six years and got involved in music, film, lifestyle. And that experience changed my life. Uh, I'm very um, imbued with the Japanese culture of brand experience, customer experience, treating customers like guests in your home. And then I moved to America to run an American company. Uh, And from there started my consultancy, which grew uh, into a sort of fairly global consultancy. Uh, I included a lot of fashion brands and lifestyle brands. But I've always loved uh, living in America. I find that America is the the open-minded, the possibility point of view of america is really incredible Uh, and i that was hadn't been my experience of being european and uh took it from there and then met uh california closets and then what we now know as first service brands and i've been in that family uh for 23 years and four years before that with california closets and and I I mix my professional practice with teaching. I teach brand strategy at Stanford, and design thesis at the California closets California closets the California College of Arts. It's a long story, but it's, uh, it's a it's it's a story of trying to understand the the purpose and promise of a business. Of business. Uh, I th- I think that businesses. The, the society looks to business to improve their lives more than any other institution. Historically, it was the church. And unfortunately, organized religion has had some challenges. And I say it's a shame because I I think, you know, I think faith is so important in people's lives. Uh, government as, a, as an institution has failed people and i think people look to business to impact their lives for the better and that's the responsibility of business and because i'm a creative person the question i had i asked myself many years ago and i and it's it drives me as a brand leader is i asked myself why is it that when people see an incredible movie or listen to beautiful music or see a, a wonderful piece of art or even drink glass a glass of wine beautiful glass of wine or whatever read we read a book it creates emotions in people the reaction of art and culture on people is direct and 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 important and so I asked myself, if business is this important as an institution in, in the lives of people, why shouldn't business aspire at least to create that level of emotion, that depth of experience as art? So I, I look at business uh, as art and uh, testimony to culture.
0: I love that. And, and that is what really drives your mindset every day
1: yeah i think if you look at some of our brands you know and the and the brands that you at tls support and partner with on one level you can say hey they're just you know water-sucking companies like paul davis (laughs) they're just painting companies like uh uh, uh, certapro and they're just closet companies like california closets you know paint and melamine and dehumidifiers you know as examples right it's so much more than that it's what's behind it and franchising is an incredibly vibrant business model for the subject I work in brand because the these people called franchisees they devote their lives to this thing they I mean they they're incredibly committed financially and with great purpose and they're not pure entrepreneurs because they're part of a system and they pay royalties and you know that it's a it's a it's a risk what they do but the idea is a limited risk because there's proven process and systems and uh culture and all the rest of it but what it really means for them is the pride they have for representing that brand in where they live in their neighborhood in their community as part of that is is tangible so brand is a source of enormous pride for franchisees and one of the things i love about franchise, you go to a convention And a franchisee will say something. You see that Mercedes-Benz out there. Your work helped me buy that Mercedes-Benz. Or I've bought a boat. Or I'm taking my wife and kids on a vacation this year because of you you and others' contribution to my own efforts. And they say thank you. And you're never going to get that in corporate life. You're not going to get a thank you like that. That thank you is genuine. And yes, it comes with a lot of other challenges franchisees will speak to you like you've never been spoken to before in your life including your parents and but franchising is a genuine honest direct relationship between the 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 the, the idea of brand and the reality of brand in my opinion
0: well it's really interesting you say that especially the pride piece as well because Um, through several of our previous episodes and just speaking with our moment makers and also speaking with our leadership team, the, the concept of a moment maker is very much a specific mindset and it's not for everyone and that's perfectly okay. But when you talk to our moment makers about the brands they work with, they very much connect with what they get to impact and what they get to do, whether it's a closet as a closet, but it's the idea of, Making something special for someone and and taking their tokens in their life and being able to display it in an artful way, um, or if it's Paul Davis having that impact because someone has really just lost their home after a hurricane, like it's they really do connect, and so it, it's it's really interesting to see that through all levels, from the franchise down.
1: Mm-hmm, very much so. I mean, humanity, uh, humanity connect is connected to the concept of service right and you know and i think you you probably heard this from me before but you know the act of serving is the action within service uh, and it's an action it's active. service is a statement serving is an action it's a behavior and um, that that is made real. Uh, through people, I mean, technology does a great job in terms of speed, ease, and convenience. That's what its purpose is in the act, in the role of serve of serving and brand experience. But there ain't nothing like the human touch,
0: for sure. And that's uh, that's also what really separates, even in our case, a call center versus a brand experience center, because it's the um, it's the order taking versus that moment making where we're not just taking numbers and we're not just creating that transaction. It is that experience.
1: Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're promoter makers, not order takers. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, very important. Yeah. The, the understanding of the full panoply of uh, brand experience and how it's anchored, anchored to serving as the action within the concept of service.
0: Absolutely. So in the beginning of your career, you mentioned um, with that work in fashion and, and mm. retail, that that was really when you got your experience with understanding the importance of customer service. Was there an aha event uh, that triggered that or was mm. it just that experience as a whole?
1: No, it it. Uh, I mean, there's loads of event. I mean, the, the fact is when you're in retail, your most severe critics coming through the door every day, right? The customer. And you, you know, the cut being closest. The closer you are to the customer, whoever is, is more the most important person. Um, you know, it's not in the boardroom. It's down at that point of. Uh, in J- Japan, we called it skinship. You know, it's more, it's deeper than relationship skinship. It's actual touch. You know, it's actually, it's actually that one-on-one service. But the, the there was a one little moment that sticks out. You know, i I'd. I'd I'd uh, done this, you know, I had a bachelor's and master's in one of the, you know, a pretty famous university in England and, and, you know, so, and I'm in the store, uh, working, um, uh, it's a humble thing. I've, you know, they don't care a damn about my, you know, degrees and all the rest of it. And the owner, it was middle of July and the owner of the store, it was a famous store. Was in the was in, and he and he he said to me, Edward, uh, can you pick that piece of paper up off the carpet, and can you turn the lights out? It's middle of July; we don't need the lights on in the store. And he said, "They don't teach you that at Cambridge, do they?" <laughs> and and uh, the answer is, it not my and and my parents, you know, were were very much like this gentleman. And, uh, you know, you learn that retail is detail, as they say, and, and, and when you're working in brand experience, those little things are what make the biggest difference.
0: Very, very much uh, detail oriented. And did that then have the impact on well, not that moment specifically, but realizing the, the details and realizing the customer service did that have an impact on your path forward? Or were you um, always, do you think that you're always going to seek that opportunity for Japan and, and everything so on?
1: No, I, I mean, your life doesn't fold like that. I mean, decisions like going to Japan are more based on on things not working out somewhere else. You don't run away to Japan. Necessarily, as some <laughs> grand grand dream in my case, it was like things aren't going so well here. Let me get out of here and re reconsider my life. I was twenty seven at the time, you know, and and my career hadn't sort of ignited, and I and I got this chance to go to Japan on a scholarship scheme, and it just so happened that it japan and at that time which is the 80s the early 80s was an unknown place i mean it's not the japan you know today it was a very no foreigners weren't going there very much and i got to do things that i had no right to do at the highest level of japanese a culture in music and film and fashion and it changed my life i believe you can't trickle upwards in life so it trickles down so you you i got to work with the best and the that experience of working with world class brands people creators you know musicians artists uh etc uh imbued me with what it what it what it means to be world class uh and how you litigate ideas how talent is made real um, and that you leave it all out on the stage, so to speak. Uh, There is nothing left in the engine when you put everything out in front of your, your, your audience. And I believe, I believe that.
0: Would you say that's the same thing as wearing your heart on your sleeve from a business sense?
1: Uh, Well, I, I think I think, like, if you look at the first service brand sort of approach, uh, and I get asked this a lot: how how come, how come you've been with first service brands this long, and how you know why can't you let California closets go and all of <laughs> stuff? And the answer is, I'd had a, a very exciting life. I mean, you know, it, it sounds incredibly exciting, and it was. It was amazing. It has been amazing, and then. In the, uh, I met for what we now call first service brands, and what I discovered was a group of people who, who walk their talk uh, with values through values. And I, my experience up to that point had been that I'd been able to do many incredible things and know many incredible people. But in business, I'd met a lot of people who said things like, "Well, you know, let's do this. Let's work together. If we do well, you'll do well." Da da da, da, da You know. But they hadn't walked their talk. Business is hard, and there are plenty of bumps and problems uh, along along the way. And um, it's been really, you know, you how you engage with it. Is and deal with problems and solve conflict is really the you know really a, a sort of a backbone part of all this world and um, and so I met in in the in the first service brands people who walked their talk and said if we do well you'll do well and and they we worked at it together and we created partnership and and to, I feel that up to this day. Uh, the, the leaders of first service brands and throughout the different organizations, we are anchored to the values. We make tough business decisions based on those values. And um, it's really um, it's really an incredible experience. And so that is, you know that's been the eye-opening thing.
0: I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that connection to the values because I wrote this down so I could circle back. You had mentioned when you um had moved to the states and that you really appreciated the state, the lifestyle of the states, and that it was very open-minded to possibilities. Is that was that a connection point when you came into first service brands or what is now first service brands in California Closets? Yeah. Well, no, it, well, um I had
1: experience now. Uh, the first service brands piece comes later in my life in America. Um, but it was, it was the simplicity of it, you know, you know? Um, and, and it was the directness of it, the humanity of it, you know, it was, it was grounded in something I had been, oh, clearly, uh, um, looking for all my life, never found. So I found a group of, uh, I found a group of people who, um, a group of people whose strength supported my weaknesses and allowed me to do the thing I love to do, brand, which they, at that time, didn't have much experience In, I mean, we own some franchise systems and our sort of mission, if you like, was uh, inspiring people to excel and we recruit, train and operate franchise systems. That's, that's fabulous. And then we added, we build brands. Yes. And how to build a brand is something I understood for some years by then because I came from much more mature industries like apparel and lifestyle, um, and um, all that sort of stuff.
0: It's running a business versus building a brand, because building a brand doesn't stop. You're still, every day you're working towards consistent brand loyalty. So running a business versus building a brand are two very different things. And it is a big differential between for example, a call center and a brand experience center. Yes, so yes. how have you been able to so successfully bring forward a customer journey and a brand experience with first service brands and brands of, of your past um, career, your career in the past rather?
1: Um, the um, Well, what's a brand? You know, I have a very clear definition of a brand and I've been very fortunate the first service brands have it have really embraced that that a brand is a promise delivered and measured. It's a structure, and what happens is you make a promise, then you deliver it, uh, and then it, you have to del- measure the delivery because what's ha- what for the customer who doesn't believe anything you say about yourself but only believes what other people say about you. The- What you're really showing is if you delivered the promise of your brand, it's measured by the testimony, evidence, proof of what other people say about you. Based on that evidence, testimony, and proof, you then revise your promise. So it's circular, promise, delivery, measurement, promise, delivery, measurement. And then secondarily, but not secondarily, but equally important is a structure of brand that what a brand is made up of it's product, the, the concept of product and service. And you can deal in different brands delineate that differently. I mean, I'll here's a few delineators of product and service. Um uh, style, trend, value, quality, price, regionality, seasonality, packaging, merchandising, you know, and then the customer experience. Let's call it customer experience, or you know, which then becomes the brand experience as a total but your customer experience you look at location convenience people s- processes uh learning staffing uh, uh uh special services you offer i mean if you think for example <clears throat> the enterprise a car changed that industry by having you know by picking you up from your home if you wanted to you know that's a special service and then you have the communications or marketing side of it. And marketing is the acquisition, retention, and management of a customer over time. And that that is all about the different mediums and media uh, and, and, and voicing and all those sort of programs from offline to online to PR to communication to, you know, all the, you know, the whole panoply again of marketing, that what you're doing when you build a brand is you're you're really balancing product, service, and marketing, if you like, and the customer decides whether they buy you or not. But a, what a brand does is whether they buy from you or not, you really understand the relationship you've built with the customer, good or bad. You go to work on that to improve it. And because the the toughest word with brand is the word expectation, when the customer has money in their pocket to buy the sort of thing you offer, they come back into your world, and they expect you to have improved or developed something further in your product and services, something in your service experience or customer experience, and <clears throat> something in your marketing. And that's an individual, those are individual decisions. And then the brand overall becomes the brand experience. You, you, the whole thing becomes the brand experience. But you can see what I've just rattled off, you know, is there's a lot of structure and strategy to, to brand. It's not pretty pictures, you know? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So would you say that companies or the brands that you work with are receptive to really looking into their brand and developing their brand and, and using that circle um to really improve it or do you use a specific filter to only work with brands that will be receptive
1: i well i mean i work with first service brands so they're really open and it, what's been wonderful in my life with first service brands. you, you know you're from charlie on downwards but you have the leaders, you know that you you know Dan Stewart and rich Wilson and Mike Stone and their teams as uh, Tom Wood, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to leave anyone off. Uh, uh, they have allowed me permitted me, I mean they probably regret it sometimes uh, <laughs> to, to be this agent of change or to have this, you know I often say I'm very much the right brain. Person in the left-brained world, because franchising is very much about systems and processes, and yet we're a group of franchise systems, or not just franchise systems, because we have our all our owned businesses too. We're a group of operators that are, have tremendous uh, empathy and connection with humanity, the people themselves, the front, the, the the operators, you know. <clears throat> we all serve the operators brand serves the operators it 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 uh, it flows from them down so to speak i mean you can say we build a brand trickle down the brand but it, it, that's our whole that's the work but it we all serve the operators it flows down from the operators i'm very i i think charlie's very much of that mind and i very much agree with him it you know it's all about the operators, but we get to create and develop brand in all the ways I've tried to describe it. And our job then is to integrate and operationalize those ideas, programs, uh, through them and with them. And and that's our job. Our job in the sort of head offices, corporate, whatever, at the franchise or level, is to lead. Is to lead, and and uh, as again as we say, I adopt the language that I've learned from First Serve. You know, the, I really do uh, uh, agree with the co-create, collaborate, educate. Uh, you can't do it yourself. Uh, the the metaphor I often use is the glass of water that in order to drink the glass of water you need both the glass and the water without the glass the water's everywhere without the water there's nothing to drink the job of the brand is to build the glass into which uh the brand itself puts some water but so does so do the operators so do the customers so do the prospects so do the partners, vendors, suppliers, so does the world. That container is a collaborative, co-created, educative space. And it's contained transparently so everyone can see it, know what they're doing. And the brand contains it all. And it's how it's contained that makes it a brand. I mean, that's, I'm afraid you've got me off on my Pro- professorial Stanford speech sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh, very welcoming to it. I think I'm going to take that metaphor and, and apply it in my own different situations. I love that. It's a really interesting way to look at it. Um, so a customer calls for for a custom storage solution or they call to start a paint estimate mm-hmm. or they call mm-hmm. for some help it's a very they're looking for a service they're they're picking up the phone because they need something so how does that or is there a specific piece or pieces that transforms that from a transactional interaction to mm. a brand exper- experiential
1: yeah yeah i believe in i am a huge fan of language and ritual I'm a huge, huge believer in the importance of language and ritual. Um, I think, you know, again, I'm going to my Japanese um, experience, but we've all now been to sushi restaurants, you know, (laughs) but, you know, and, and if it's a really, if it's an authentic uh, Japanese restaurant, when you, and you walk in and the sushi chefs will say, that's, now, Ira sh- 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 shouted loudly, scumot, is, is the word for welcome, welcome, they're saying. The way it's said and why it's said is, the, is, is likened to a splash of cold water on your face. It wakes you up. It refreshes you. The very next thing that should happen is you sit at the table or at the sushi bar and you're handed the oshibori, the hot towel, which, you know, you, you wash your hands with or your face, whatever. The, the cold water, irashai the hot towel, brings you into the experience of that restaurant, that sushi bar. It starts that early, the bow as you walk into a store and they say they bow, is a ritual that says you are welcome in our home. The Japanese word for guest, customer, is the same word, It's the same psychological framework For a guest in your home, which is a very special request to go to a a home in Japan, by the way, that's not an everyday thing, is the same psychological language as the customer. So you treat your customer as you would a guest in your own home. Now, I'm not saying we suddenly all bow and give us or shout, either shaymasere on the phone to our customers through TLS, but that ritual and language matters in service. And so that first interaction, omni-channel first contact, uh, expressed through the Caribou culture, is brought to that point to that fulcrum so it's a it's a fulcrum moment you know you know what a fulcrum is right you know the a fulcrum is that you know think of a seesaw it could go it could go up or it could go down but what's in, in the middle is the fulcrum you know and so that caribou culture tls for its cl- uh, for its clients and for its guests the customers the 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 prospects and and, and customers, is the fulcrumic moment, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. So if our moment makers were to take anything away um, in how they can have that direct impact, because we are that first contact, it's really about the language used and um, making that customer feel a part of something as opposed to just black and white.
1: Yes, and also giving that customer or prospect the best experience that you've ever given. And what it requires is, you know, here I am as a sort of, if I'm a moment maker, it's a busy day. I, it, you know, it could be the 14th call I've taken. Is the 14th call just another call? Or are you centered? Have you set have you put yourself in a place of of uh, somewhat meditation and preparation that that every call is going to be the best call you you've, you've ever done. you know, you've ever received and handled. What is the individual ritual that a moment maker has or should have or could have? that means that it's the best presentation ever. ever. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer in that. See, I, I come from ever since I was 15 and you know, exams and then later in my life presentations, speeches, uh, meetings. I, I do a lot of high performance events. I lead a team. I'm expected to have a lot of ideas. I have to be very centered and do a, a a lot of my every day is almost a high performance event because in my role, people are saying, so what do you think? And if I say, sorry, you got nothing, that's the end of my <laughs> career. It's the end of my career. I'm the, you know, I take that really seriously. How do I get in that place? Well, I actually have a mantra. It's a really weird, it's a personal thing, right? I have a mantra, I, I but it'll show you what a sick human being I really am. You know, what I've said to myself since I was 15, to get myself focused and centered is, I say the phrase the condemned prisoner ate a hearty breakfast, and <laughs> and what do I mean by that? It's just a personal thing, but it's it's like I believe I'm in the that de- my the death cell, and I'm about to leave to go to l- the end of my life, and I've had the last meal right and all the rest of it. Um, and what I, what I psychologically say is this could be the last thing I ever do. So leave it all out on the table. Put everything into it. And it focuses me to deliver an experience of some kind. Now that might sound really weird, but I remember talking to a group of Certipro franchisees many years ago about this, you know, and two or three of them came up to me after the chat and said that was really interesting you know when i was at college i played sports you know i was a linebacker on the football team and he said at at every down i said to myself search focus destroy you know being football they do that sort of stuff right linebackers yep. but that's what he, he did, and someone else said they came from another sports, but they did that stuff. That's how you perform as a professional, and we know that we define a professional as someone who performs regardless of circumstance.
0: Absolutely. And,
1: and how do you do that? You do it by staying within yourself and being focused, grounded, engaged, conscious through. Through uh, rituals and language and preparation, uh, to go into a meaning. If you want to, if you if you want to see Edward annoyed, it's when I'm around people who it's just another meeting. They're not prepared. They're not focused. They're not going to put it all out. Leave it all out on the table. It's not a meeting. It's a performance. It's not the next phone call. It's professional conduct. It's, you know, I think of it like that. So, you know, yeah, I'm Mr. Mr. You know, radical liberal um, guy, you know, and I'm you know, Mr. Creative and I'm that you can hear there's the structure and process and systematic thinking of my type within the way I do what I do. It's not just slapped on the wall. You know, I litigate. We litigate ideas. My world is about litigating ideas. You stay present with something, with the idea, with the people, and you work it. You work it. And that's the great joy for me, to be around like-minded people, shared value people, like we have at First Service Brad's. There's a common understanding based on the values, and you go to work to litigate something it's, it's a beautiful way to spend years of your life. I, I discover, you know, you can try. I mean, I understand that moment makers, you know, they're a big different part of their lives and they, a lot, you know, somewhat younger than myself, but you know, it's, it's like the T S Elliott sort of quote, you know, uh, you know you, you come back to a place, after a long time, and really sort of know it for the first time, you know, after all the travel and also all the you come back into something and you know it for for the first time. And what I know about first service brands is, it's been my personal experience, it's the finest organization I've ever been part of. And that's why I'm still part of it. Um, and I and I keep learning from others and and through their experience of you know what they do. But it's it's a very special organization uh, because of the way we do things. So I I think it's an incredible start career or part of a career for moment makers. And moment makers play this within first service Band, play this incredibly important role because they are the sushi bar. <laughs> so, so, you know, in our Absolutely. world, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe we should have a sushi bar in London, Ontario, called Moment Moment Maker Sushi Bar.
0: We you probably know. should. I'll get to work on that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's our oh, yeah. next project. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll, send, I'll send my order in when you've got, got it made. Yeah.
0: Sounds fantastic. We'll do uh, like bespoke sushi experiences.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Because um, I, I, the one thing that I do love um, for sure about First Service is that if nothing else, we know how to innovate and we know how to really um, do what we need to do and get it done. And if we think about the Moment maker side of it, One thing I always say is that our processes are the same. The steps to take are the same. It's very, very repetitive because it needs to be consistent. But when you talk about that 14th call needing to be the best call of the day, the one thing we can't control and we don't know is what's going to be on the other side of the phone. So being so prepared that you can be thrown into anything, um, I think, is absolutely key. And that's in its own way, a form of innovation because they're ready to pick up the phone and, and handle it.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's it, it it it's it's yeah, very much so. It it is the preparation bit by the way, you know. It, it's like I'd believe when a you know a moment maker walks in the door uh to do their you know their that that job uh, every day being ready to be a moment maker. To focus on what that means for, for them personally is an important step uh in in, in what's going to happen next
0: absolutely so thinking about your career and your many successes and also many trial and error points
1: many failures put it let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: I wasn't going to be as blatant. <laughs> uh, what, what is it that has you excited? So, I mean, for example, you're, you're with me here at 740,
1: Six
0: 646 40. Um, mm. in, in, uh, in the morning, your time. So what mm. has you excited to get out of bed and and really motivated to step into the office every day?
1: I mean, step out of bed and sit at the desk in the bedroom is my case. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah. very
0: long commute. Yeah.
1: Long- um, <laughs> that it's going to be a high performance day. I mean, my day is here is at 646. I am straight through to without a break till 3.30 this afternoon. And then I get a 30 minute break before the next one. It's a straight through high performance day. So the that minute or two between say, um, our conversation, Alicia, and what happens between seven and eight, another, another meeting, call, about a different subject, I have to go through that switch. So, you know, I have to take that breath, that sort of equivalent of the Oshibori body, wash my face approach, take yes. a breath, get engaged and get my head in the game for the next one. And that challenge, I mean, there's a lot of people... Or, uh, uh, that are coming to the end of their careers or even life. And, and I feel that I'm going into the another hugely exciting creative chapter in mine. So the chance to be this engaged, be this creative, Every day at this stage of my career is exhilarating to me, and that's that's an honest feeling. You know, I'm contributing. I I've, I know what I I know what I know. You know, I I do have experience. I do have wisdom. I mean. You know, I'm proved wrong every day. I'm a father for, for gosh sake. And <laughs> and you know, I'm nothing, you know, according to my kids, I'm nothing but a failed fashion designer. Quote. Um, oh my God. Uh, you know, um, we we laugh about that bit. And, you know, and um that keeps you very that that bit keeps you honest, but I I don't know. It's it's the high performance man. I I basically open myself up like you know as a vessel and say let let whatever's going to happen happen today and it will test me and I say how good how good am I going to be today you know okay bring it you know it's a little bit of bravado I suppose it's like come on bring it come on let's yeah. t- test me come on bring it I'm ready and That's a wonderful way to spend a day. You're exhausted at the end of it, somewhat. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, if you did this call with me on Friday afternoon, four o'clock, five o'clock, my time, I may snap your head off because I'm tired by the end of the week. You know, a little bit. I can be grumpy, maybe a little bit, because I'm the energy depletes. What what you understand as you get older is you have to manage your energy. Your your brain's working. Uh, as fast you've got experience you've got wisdom you're pulling from all these things so you can handle things well but you have to manage your energy because the energy depletes
0: is there anything that you can consciously do to save that energy for yourself like even just a little bit
1: what i'm a high high introvert right if you do the myers-briggs on me i am off the charts, infp if you know what that is that's a high introvert right yes. you you th- you'd think that what i sat listening to me and all the things i'm an extrovert right i on stage at this i'm highly introverted so i'm very very aware that i have to recoup my energy so if you if you you know am i antisocial very um the two favorite words are of the in the the english dictionary for me a room service (laughs) they are my favorite two words if i'm on the road people know they don't you don't talk to edward you know if you're traveling with me don't don't talk to me in airports or going down the, you know, going down the bridge or on the plane, I don't wanna talk. I'm in my head, I'm recouping my energy so that I can do what I do for others. Connect my work, who I am, through others. You can't do brand to people, you have to move it through people. And that takes a lot of work.
0: Absolutely. If anything else I've learned in this conversation is that you and I are very, I'd say similar minded in the creative portion and that, that introversion. So, um, I can definitely appreciate that. And I do want to give you a couple minutes to refresh yourself before your next one. So the way that I, I always close this out is asking, um, and it may be similar to your previous response, but what do you try to do every day in your professional and personal life to live in the moment?
1: Um, I um, I concentrate. I spend a little time to tell the people I love that I love them. It's an it's a conscious action that uh, if, if you know my life, I live in California, my wife lives in Montreal, second marriage, we've got kids in both places. So I have only seen my wife four or five weeks since March of 2020. I mean, we speak every day, FaceTime and all that. Stuff. That's tough. I love my wife. Yeah. I So I spend time telling her that. And I talk tell my kids that and they say it back. I love... Standing, I call it standing in love. It's not falling in love. Falling in love and being in love is a false absolute. I mean it's lovely and romantic and all that. But what love is, is the act of of standing in love with the people you love for them, what what they're going through in their life every day. You don't turn your back on the people you love. And I and the way I keep grounded is through standing in love with those I love and I that's what keeps me sane
0: I love that do you get to see your wife again soon is there a plan yeah
1: I am going to be in Chicago working with first service brands California Closet next week and then I'm flying to Montreal okay and and discovering what cold weather feels like again (laughs)
0: It's it's not too bad yet, but it's getting there. We saw snow yesterday here.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. We actually had rain last big rain last week for the first time. We had no rain from April the 15th until last week. None, not a drop, which is, you know, a little and it was very, it was very, we had been living in drought. And then we got 11 inches over a weekend, which was great because it meant the fires went away any chance of fires and we've got water but i had not literally i was with taking my son's dog for a walk last week we went to the dog park and i walked in and i said what's this stuff it's green the, the grass had gone from yellow back to green i was <laughs> st- standing on green stuff again it, it was literally what's this color oh it's green <laughs>
0: And from my that. understanding of Californians, it's a uh, a lot of rain is very debilitating.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't really quite know how to deal with that. No. <laughs> it's
0: like the first snowfall here.
1: Wow. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you so so much for your time. Um Safe travels I, to I Chicago. Hope, I,
1: I hope this was useful, and I this was fantastic. I, I, I just want you know send my best wishes to Moment Makers, and just wanna say how important the role is, you get the chance to make a moment, a difference in someone's life. It's a very serious, incredibly special uh, moment for that customer in their life that day. It's a responsibility.
0: That's very true. And uh, I think that you are going to be inspiring a lot of people with this. So thank you so much. I am immensely appreciative. My pleasure. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and uh, enjoy your time in Chicago and Montreal. And
1: Thank you, Alicia. Take care. God bless. You as well. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Now, when I say this man is brilliant, I truly mean it. It's definitely the professor in him, but he has a way of framing ideas to make you think deeper than just the surface. I loved what he said about our moment makers having such an impact through their brief time with clients. And I think this has set the stage perfectly for next week's installment of our Path to Caribou Culture Part 3. It's also so important to highlight what Edward said about your personal energy. It is really key to know your limits, be able to give your all, but also to know what that all entails. And as Edward said about his travel days, for example, it's okay to take that time and that silence as you need it in order to recharge. In order to show up and lay it out on the table, you need to have the ability to do so. I try to practice this and be mindful of it every day. And it's certainly a work in progress, but I digress. Next week, we talk about our purposeful shift to a brand experience center because we've never been just a call center and aligning our brand's language to who we really are day in and day out. Until then, I'll be off creating the business plan for our maker sushi restaurant thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. New episodes are out every Monday morning so you can start your week right by being present with us and living in the moment. See you next week. Sometimes you need someone there for support.